Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Good morning. My name is Toby Nguyen. I'm the pastor of Discipleship and Nurture at University United Methodist Church, and I'm so grateful to be with y'all this morning. In the last seven years of preaching, I've only ever once particularly or specifically preached about women, and that was years ago to a group of 35 on a chilly Easter morning. I am grateful for the strong women in my family and my friends and the examples that I've had of women in church leadership. This sermon series that we're ending today has been titled Soul Sisters. We started it out with a conversation about Shifra and Pua who protested injustice and put their own lives on the line. And then we heard about Ruth and Naomi who for me defined the bonds of chosen family and radical kinship. Last week, Pastor Daniel preached on Mary Magdalene, who was the apostle to the apostles. She was the first to tell the good news. And this week, we're going to have a conversation about Lydia. Before we begin, let's begin with word of prayer. Lord, give us grace this morning that we would be both hearers and doers of the word. And may our obedience in both listening and living bring glory to you. Amen. The section in the Bible, in my Bible, this section of scripture is titled Lydia's Conversion. It's a story about how human obedience meets divine initiative. It's at the intersection of longing and grace, which is everyone's story of conversion, the intersection of longing and grace. Let me catch you up. In the book of Acts, Paul has just left a really big meeting in Jerusalem, and he's headed out to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to the wider world. He's en route from Turkey to northern Greece, Paul and Silas have just stopped at the city of Philippi. Philippi is a Roman colony here in the first century. It's in northeastern Macedonia, and it's named after the father of Alexander the Great. On the Sabbath, Paul and his companions seek the local synagogue, which is referred to here in the words place of prayer. They find it outside the city walls down by the river, And there, at the synagogue, women were gathered to pray on the Sabbath. These women are both Jewish and God-fearers. God-fearers is a term used to describe non-Jewish people who are practicing Judaism. And Lydia is one of these women, a Gentile God-fearer who is worshiping in the Jewish community. As people of the Enlightenment, we have a false sense that through the expansion of knowledge, we are progressively moving toward a more just world of individual freedom. 
And therefore, when we read history through this lens of the Enlightenment, then the opposite must be true, right? Women now have this much opportunity for leadership in religious communities, so naturally, they would have only had this much opportunity 2,000 years ago. What we actually know is that religious rituals were led by women in the diaspora. We also have stories in the early church of women responding to God's vision with the same faithfulness as their male counterparts. Women like Rhonda, Tabitha, Eunice, Priscilla, and yes, even Lydia. They led the first century church with integrity and energy and command. If their stories aren't familiar to you, then I would say that this is an indictment of the modern church, not a reflection of a gendered early church. So Lydia and a group of women were gathering to pray in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And this is not necessarily as unique as we might initially have thought for this time and this era. Now, what your ears should perk up to in the book of Acts is the mention of prayer. Prayer anticipates God's action. In the book of Acts, prayer anticipates God's action. Now we have the scene set with Paul at the synagogue in Philippi. Let me shift gears now and tell you about Lydia. Lydia's hometown is Thyatira. It's on the western side of what's now the country of Turkey. So she's living in Greece. She's from Turkey. Thyatira is known for its dyeing industry, coloring cloth dyeing. Purple cloth is associated with royalty. So Lydia is a businesswoman who trades in expensive clothing worn by royalty and other rich clients. Lydia is economically interdependent with the Philippian elite. She may not be wealthy, but we know that she's comfortable and self-supporting. She's portrayed as the head of her household, like many other women in antiquity. Don't let the effects of the Enlightenment fool you here either. She had employed servants. She wasn't currently married to a man. There's quite a conversation in the commentaries that Lydia could be a freed woman. The 15 commentaries I read didn't really give me a for sure answer to that, so I have some more reading to do, but this is what we know for sure. Lydia is an immigrant from modern day Turkey to Greece. This is what the scripture for today says that Minoka has so beautifully read for us. From there, we went to Philippi a city of Macedonia's first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in that city several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile God worshiper from the city of Thyatira, a dealer of purple cloth. And this is what happens next. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, now that you have decided that I'm a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. 
Do you catch the role of prayer alerting you to God's action there in the book of Acts? I said earlier that longing and grace meet here on the bank of the river. Have you ever been there? At the intersection of longing to meet God and the gift of grace of God's presence. Nothing's better. John Wesley is the founder of Methodism and he writes often about the means of grace. The means of grace are practices that the Holy Spirit uses to either draw us to God, provenient grace, to enable us to know that our sins are forgiven, justifying grace, and to grow in love for God and our neighbor, sanctifying grace. I think of the means of grace as being either inward focused or outward focused. The churchy words for the means of grace that focus on the inward journey is piety. For the outward journey towards loving neighbor is mercy. Piety and mercy. I bring up the means of grace because this short passage is saturated in the practices that the Holy Spirit uses to draw us closer to God and to neighbor. Lydia draws close to God through prayer and worship. The story begins with her at the synagogue on the Sabbath, right? When the scripture reads that Paul sat down, this indicates to us that he's moved into a teaching position. It's a physical position. He sat down, meaning that he's beginning to teach. So Lydia is listening and learning about the good news of how God has worked through the incarnation and ministry and death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. These are all works of piety, prayer, worship, learning from the apostles. The Holy Spirit worked and continues to work right now through piety. And the Holy Spirit brings conversion and transformation with it. Lydia's response to the work of the Holy Spirit is in the sacrament of baptism. We are told that her entire household is baptized. Baptism, that outward and visible sign of an inward grace of God's work in our lives. Lydia's gratitude for the work that God was doing in her life overflowed to radical hospitality. This compassion is a work of mercy. She opens her home to provide for the needs of Paul and Silas and to serve as a base for the emerging faith community in Philippi. This is big. Both her baptism and her hospitality towards Paul's ministry partners indicate her embrace of the gospel. They are a result of God's work opening her heart. God opens Lydia's heart. Lydia opens her home. We aren't just talking about sweet tea on the front porch rocking chairs. This is a radical hospitality. Lydia is the first convert to Christianity on the continent of Europe. Lydia is the first Christian convert on the continent of Europe and it seems like 
Christianity kind of took off from there. Her house, the house of this immigrant woman, is the home base for the worshiping community in Philippi. As an aside, I'm looking forward to exploring with my Tuesday morning Bible study this week of whether the legacy of a single immigrant woman has been upheld and valued in the church today. But that's a conversation for Tuesday. We are told that the early church pooled their resources together for the mission of the community, radical hospitality. The story of Lydia tells us that God-fearers are not second-class citizens in the Christian community. The Christian church is led by a single woman. Female leadership reflected a broad trend in religious worship at the time. The Christian church is led by an immigrant. Lin-Manuel Miranda tells us that immigrants get the job done. The Christian church is led through radical hospitality. Later in his ministry, Paul wrote a letter to the Philippians. Lydia only has one line in Acts, but she played a prominent part in the early church. She started the first church on the European continent. She formed this church in her house with her family members and likely others from the synagogue in Philippi. She's a successful businesswoman and used her financial and leadership gifts for the church. In the Philippians church, Lydia sets the stage for ministerial leadership that includes women as equals, indicated later by the two women mentioned in Philippians chapter 4 who were serving among the church co-leaders. The entire book of the letter of the Philippians is here because Lydia embraced the good news of Jesus Christ. The Philippians church probably had a modest membership of 75 to 100 who mirrored the general population of the city. Hmm. Kind of sounds familiar, Kindred Church, doesn't it? Paul is thankful for this generous church, which reflects a measure of their social and economic status. And to think it all started with a group of people who met in a home to pray and to serve together. Sounds a lot like Kindred small groups to me. If you aren't connected to a small group, I urge you to reach out to Pastor Daniel so that you can be a part of this transformative work. Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians from prison, but it's filled with joy and gratitude for the generosity of the church in Philippi. Within the first couple of verses, Paul writes this, the one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job. We know how and with whom that good work was started. It was started with Lydia, who sought the heart of God through prayer and worship and learning. It started with Lydia, who embraced the gospel and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. It started with Lydia, who demonstrated radical hospitality and provided resources for a new church on a new continent. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job. But the job is not complete. 
God's work of reconciling all of creation is ongoing. And so these words that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi are also written to you. How do you seek the heart of God through prayer? If you need some support, Pastor Daniel would love to talk to you about that. How do you seek the heart of God through worship? How do you seek the heart of God through learning? We have small groups that can walk alongside you because honestly, this work is meant to be done in community. The Holy Spirit worked in Lydia and continues to work in you and me through piety and it brings conversion and transformation. If God has begun that life-altering transformation inside you, how is it overflowing with joy into radical hospitality and into serving your community? Pastor Daniel would love to talk to you about the opportunities for you to plug into outreach ministries. When we offer Christ through our words and our actions, we become a means of grace through which someone might receive the gift of faith. We serve as instruments of God's grace and salvation and the fullness of life. When the grace of God overflows in our lives, like it did in Lydia's, the blessing that Pastor Justin offers to University United Methodist Church each Sunday is made real. These are the words he says, wherever you go, that's where the ministry of the church happens. Wherever you go, that's where the ministry of the church happens. Our hope is that through this sermon series, Soul Sisters, that you've learned names that may be new to you and you know more about the stories and the impact that they've had on the church's understanding of faithfulness. But more than that, we hope that you are inspired to protest injustice, to value chosen family, to share the good news, and to demonstrate radical hospitality in a way that the Holy Spirit might use to spark a transformation of an entire city, a continent, or the world. Justice, love, witness, hospitality. This is how the Holy Spirit works through you to reconcile all of creation to the heart of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, through prayer and worship, transform us into people who are inspired to protest injustice, to value chosen family, to tell the good news and to demonstrate radical hospitality to those we meet. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. You consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. 
Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.